Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ask Annie podcast. I'm joined, as always, by our resident expert, Annie. How are you, Annie? Fantastic, Phil. (laughs) I love that word, especially hearing that on a Monday. So thank you. And uh, for those of you who are new to our podcast, I just wanted to let you know we have a wealth of topics in our podcast series, things like what are the top five things to consider when choosing an accounting or tax firm, business owner strategies for effective cash management, how to build multi-generational wealth. Um, we have an MBA series, you know, creating and refreshing your business plan, um, how to structure your business, whether you should have employees, part-time employees, consultants, contractors. There's a bunch of really great stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to go back through some of the archives, I hope you'll take a second look. There is a wealth of information that we share on each of these episodes, maybe none more timely and important than today's topic. Um, Because today we're going to talk about uh, (laughs) year-end tax saving strategies. Here we are, it's uh, Halloween today, uh, Thanksgiving just around the corner, Christmas just around the corner from that. And all of us know what that means. December 31st, the clock stops, starts again on January 1st. And everything you do between now and then can have a positive or challenging impact on your tax status. So, Annie, again, welcome to the episode. And let's dig into year end tax saving strategies. Um, where should we begin? Well, I didn't mean to, you know, do commercial for our own podcast, but if you have not listened to our last episode about cash flow, I think that would be a great starting point um, to start with cash flow. Looking at, because um, the first year-end tax saving strategies, the most common one is to maximizing what you can contribute to your retirement account. So if you don't have cash flow, to help you contribute to the retirement plan, then um, always good. And, um, you know, we just, you, you can't do anything about it. It's just like you, you, you looking at the grass of your neighbor, it's like, it's over the fence over there. Um, it's not gonna help you with your own lawn here. However, you have still have two months. So if you look at your cash flow and, um, business is good. You were have a lot of receivables. Maybe it's a time to ring it in, um, call your customers and say that if you pay me 30 days earlier, I'll give you 1% discount, for example. Mm-hmm. Or um, if you, it depends on what kind of business that you are doing. For example, if you are a restaurant owner, Oh, no, that's not going to be a good example because <laughs> I'm sure they pay you when they leave the restaurant. That wouldn't be a good business <laughs> decision if you. But for example, if you install um, HVAC for your customers, for example, that usually is a big ticket item. If you, you, if you install for an apartment building, you gave the big customers 30 days or 60 days credit. You can tell them because a lot of times they're owned by builders or Mm -hmm. um, companies, they own more than one building. 
you can offer them if you pay me 30 days um, sooner, earlier, when you ask me to go install HVAC for your next project, next building, I can give you 5% discount, for example. Okay. By doing that, you are locking your next potential sales. You are not just giving away um, what you already made because they are already owe you this amount of money. So instead of saying, if you pay me 30 days earlier, I'll give you 5% off on this money you owe me. You offer them, perhaps if you think that will work with you, next project you hire me, I'll give you 5% discount, you know, on whatever you purchase or hire me to do. Mm -hmm. Very smart plan. <laughs> you kind of learned, you know, over the years, Phil. Before mm -hmm. I met you, I do know something, one thing or two. <laughs> Interesting. So when we start to think about, you know, how to best position ourselves as a business uh, for that year end tax event that's going to occur, deferring income becomes one of many strategies. So I kind of want to go through the list for our listeners. And, you know, we might spend some time talking through some of these ideas. Other ones are pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, Annie, share with us your best strategies for tax savings coming into year end. Well, um, we talk about cash flow. Let's say you have the cash flow, or you will manage from now and then to find the cash. I prefer you not to borrow, and you do have it. So the first one is what we talk about: maximizing your uh, retirement contribution. There are many retirement plan options out there, especially for business owners. There's something that can help you put away, put aside a lot of um, the cash or the profits. Also, for people, they have a W-2 income, but their spouse or themselves has a business on the side. You'll be surprised. Um, you probably still can set up a retirement plan. Okay, that's first. Second is the business doing great. You look at your financial statement, the profit and loss statement generate a lot of profit. The cash flow is there. Before end of December, you are able to rake in those receivables. So they will be in your bank account. Therefore, should you or should you not pick up another big project? And if you pick up another big project, should you ask for um, deposit? And it depends on how you treat that deposit. It could be a receivable. It could be just a potential liability. If the clients eventually bail out, you will refund the, the deposit, then that's not really a sales. Mm. But if it's a non-refundable deposit and your cash basis, they already pay you, then you have to recognize that as a sales. In this year, you receive them. So the questions become, should you or should you not? I have to say, I'm a big advocate of don't let the tax stock, um, what it, how do you say that? <laughs> um, saying again, but 
I, what I'm trying to say is, don't let the text dictate what you have to do. If today, you know, you never know, people change. It's funny, and rules changes too. So if today you have this potential big clients, big customer, big sales, you got to take it. Don't say that well. It's only two months left in the year. Perhaps I will just pursue this deal next year. You never know what's going to happen next year. So go for it. Get the sales. But now, you know, you can sign the agreement. You can get a little deposit. You can get work going. But if you look at this year, you have made so much money, and you have not paid your estimated taxes. Is this not wise to take? Bring in a lot of sales before end of the year, and you know what? The other party they might want to do that. Maybe they're in the same situation as you, so they want to pay the business expenses of their profit. That becomes very interesting if that's the case, and if you know it, you know what? That becomes the negotiate negotiation power. You can use the knowledge and to um. Get a, to sweeten the deal, to be willing to take out more, to let them pay more because they they need that to offset their profit. But then you can you can decide. Okay, perhaps I'll take in more than I wanted to take this year. In return, perhaps they give me a referral, or we extend we extend the expand the scope. Or the project, so you know it's give and take. Your bottom line is to grow your business, either this year or next year. So now you have this profit sitting on your hand. What are you going to do? Well, there's a lot to do. You have the money. Congratulations! First of all, <laughs> you can you can throw a year-end party, a holiday party for you and your employees. They are business expenses. They are deductible. You can buy the equipment that you need for business. You can prepay Phil for his business coaching expenses. You can prepay your property taxes, and you can prepay your estimated taxes, not for federal but for the state, because state income taxes. Is deductible on your form ten forty. Now, well, there we go. There's like four or five strategies. Right. Thank you. But now we are we are crossing the line from business to personal income tax returns. So we talk about on the personal side, you are paying more for the state income tax estimate. Um, estimated state income taxes on your form ten forty. So for those that they are taking standard deductions, they might be able to push over that threshold, depending on filing status, the number of exemptions of dependents that you have. You might be able to push over and get and go move over, go to the dark side. <laughs> take itemized deductions, so you will contribute more to charitable deductions. You can 
you know, pay the estimated taxes. You can pay the hospital or doctor bills because you look at your schedule A on the itemized deductions items, then on the 2022, you might be able to take itemized deductions. Me and then 2023, you will pay standardized deductions instead. So you're alternating the years when you take itemized deductions, meaning you group all the expenses that in that year and prepay for the following year. And the following year can always take standard deductions anyway. So there. Interesting strategy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that is why it's so important to have a trusted accounting, tax planning, financial planning resource that you work with, because those things don't necessarily come intuitively to us. No matter how many websites we look at and videos on YouTube we might watch, the reality is we're busy doing our, our daily business, personally and professionally. And just having someone that says, hey, have you ever considered this strategy? Really, really valuable. So great tips there, Annie. Any other ones you wanna share about year-end tax saving strategies? Yes. I am going to bring up the financial planning side of tax saving strategies. So, um, for the year end, you can sit down with your financial advisors or yourself, if you are your own advisor, and look through your non-retirement account investment performance. You can look at your portfolio and see, okay, don't, don't, let's not start it. I know right now almost everything is at loss, but you have until end of December. Don't do it on December 31st though, because just don't. Um, when you do that, you look at the investment holdings, they are losing money on paper. You would hopefully have your advisor or the research um, software to have a decide if this specific investment holding still work for you. And we are not gonna go into detail on this podcast. So you'll draw a conclusion, there's some two or three or maybe one, they are not making money and they don't fit in your portfolio anymore, then you can sell them. The reason for that is so that you can offset if you invest in mutual funds or stocks, they will give out capital gain distribution and dividends. So you can offset those um, gain um, by taking a loss on those um, not profitable holdings for you. Mm, so now is a good time to look at your portfolio, it sounds like. Yes, it is. And on the on another thing is we talk about at first, we talk about retirement plan contribution. So for those of you who needs to take um, minimum distribution from your IRA, don't forget to take it because there's going to be a penalty if you if you didn't, if you don't, you don't. So make sure you've taken out all the requirement minimum distribution on that. Very good, very timely advice, Annie. Thank you so much. And, you know, I hope everyone listening 
I hope this started you thinking like a good cup of coffee in the morning will do. <laughs> thinking about <laughs> how are the many ways that I can look at my tax situation and bring back as much as I can to my business and by way of bringing it back to the business, back to my family. Um, because every legal advantage tax-wise that you can leverage to you know, follow best accounting principles and take advantage of strategies at the same time, staying legal, staying out of audit, you know, possibilities and doing the right thing while bringing back money to your house. That's money you can reinvest into things, into your business, child's education, retirement plans. So this is really, really an empowering episode. Uh, Annie, thank you for letting me pick your brain on this. Thank you, Phil. Um, if you don't mind, speaking of family, just a word of caution about kitty tax, because we talk about, you know, looking at investment portfolio. And also, if you talk about kids, so if you have a lot of profits and your kids are, you know, of the age can help you out with, for example, a spreadsheet research, like my daughter is artistic, she draws. So I, you know, engage her service to um, design, draw some birthday cards, holiday cards for my clients, those you can utilize and you can pay your um, children if they truly are working, help you run the business. In turn, the children have earned income, they possibly could save up the retirement account for themselves. But that's for another day. <laughs> that might be next week's topic. Yes. Sounds <laughs> Oh, fantastic. So those of you listening, if you enjoyed this session, please remember to leave comments. Please share this episode with others who might benefit from the conversation. And we will see you all on the next episode of Ask Annie. Thanks, Annie. Thank you, Phil.